Chapter 8, verses 22 through 38 Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Mark, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 22 through 26 And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that he put his hands again upon his eyes, and made him look up, and he was restored, and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his own house, saying, Neither go into the city, nor tell it to any in the town. Gloss. After the feeding of the multitude, the evangelist proceeds to the giving sight to the blind, saying, And they come to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man to him, and besought him to touch him. Bede. Knowing that the touch of the Lord could give sight to a blind man, as well as cleanse a leper. It goes on, And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. Theophylact, for Bethsaida appears to have been infected with much infidelity, wherefore the Lord reproaches it. Woe to thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. He then takes out of the town the blind man who had been brought to him, for the faith of those who brought him was not true faith. It goes on, and when he had spit in his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. Pseudochrysostom, he spat indeed and put his hands upon the blind man, because he wished to show that wonderful are the effects of the divine word added to action, for the hand is the symbol of working, but the spittle of the word proceeding out of the mouth. Again, he asked him whether he could see anything, which he had not done in the case of any whom he had healed thus showing that by the weak faith of those who brought him, and of the blind man himself, his eyes could not altogether be opened. Wherefore there follows, And he looked up, and said, I see men as trees walking. Because he was still under the influence of unfaithfulness, he said that he saw men obscurely. Bede, seeing indeed the shapes of bodies amongst the shadows, but unable to distinguish the outlines of the limbs, from the continued darkness of his sight, just as trees standing thick together are wont to appear to men who see them from afar, or by the dim light of the night, so that it cannot easily be known whether they be trees or men. Theophylact, but the reason why he did not see at once perfectly, but in part, was that he had not perfect faith, for healing is bestowed in proportion to faith. Pseudochrysostom, from the commencement, however, of the return of his senses, he leads him to apprehend things by faith, and thus makes him see perfectly. Wherefore it goes on, after that he put his hands again upon his eyes, and he began to see. And afterwards he adds, and he was restored, and saw all things clearly, that is, being perfectly healed in his senses and his intellect. It goes on, and he sent him away to his house, saying, Go into thy home, and if thou enter into the town, tell it not to any one. Theophylact, these precepts he gave him, because they were unfaithful. As has been said, lest perchance he should receive hurt in his soul from them. 
and they, by their unbelief, should run into a more grievous crime. Bede, or else he leaves an example to his disciples that they should not seek for popular favor by the miracles which they did. Mystically, however, Bethsaida is interpreted the house of the valley, that is, the world, which is the veil of tears. Again, they bring to the Lord a blind man, that is, one who neither sees what he has been, what he is, nor what he is to be. They ask him to touch him, for what is being touched, but feeling compunction. Bede, for the Lord touches us when he enlightens our minds with the breath of his spirit, and he stirs us up that we may recognize our own infirmity and be diligent in good actions. He takes the hand of the blind man that he may strengthen him to the practice of good works. Pseudo Jerome, and he brings him out of the town, that is, out of the neighborhood of the wicked, and he puts spittle into his eyes, that he may see the will of God, by the breath of the Holy Spirit, and putting his hands upon him, he asked him if he could see, because by the works of the Lord his majesty is seen. Bede, or else putting spittle into the eyes of the blind man, he lays his hands upon him that he may see, because he has wiped away the blindness of the human race, both by invisible gifts and by the sacrament of his assumed humanity. For the spittle proceeding from the head points out the grace of the Holy Ghost. But though by one word he could cure the man wholly and all at once, still he cures him by degrees, that he may show the greatness of the blindness of man, which can hardly, and only as it were, step by step, be restored to light. And he exhibits to us his grace, by which he furthers each step towards perfection. Again, whoever is weighed down by the blindness of such long continence, that he is unable to distinguish between good and evil, sees, as it were, men like trees walking, because he sees the deeds of the multitude without the light of discretion. Pseudo-Jerome, or else he sees men as trees, because he thinks all men higher than himself. But he puts his hands again upon his eyes, that he might see all things clearly, that is, understand invisible things by invisible, and with the eye of a pure mind contemplate. What the eye hath not seen, the glorious state of his own soul, after the rust of sin. He sent him to his home, that is, to his heart, that he might see in himself things which he had not seen before. For a man despairing of salvation does not think that he can do at all what, when enlightened, he can easily accomplish. Theophylact, or else after he has healed him, he sends him to his home. For the home of every one of us is heaven and the mansions which are there. Pseudo-Jerome, and he says to him, If thou enter into the town, tell it not to any one, that is, Relate continually to thy neighbors thy blindness, but never tell them of thy virtue. Verses 27 through 33. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Who do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders, and of the chief priests and scribes, 
and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Theophylact, after taking his disciples afar from the Jews, he then asks them concerning himself, that they might speak the truth without fear of the Jews. Wherefore it is said, And Jesus entered in his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. Bede, Philip was that brother of Herod, of whom we spoke above, who in honor of Tiberius Caesar called that town, which is now called Peneus Caesarea Philippi. It goes on, and by the way he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? So Chrysostom, he asks the question with a purpose, for it was right that his disciples should praise him better than the crowd. Bede, wherefore he first asks what is the opinion of men, in order to try the faith of the disciples, lest their confession should appear to be founded on the common opinion. It goes on, and they answered, saying, Some say John the Baptist, some Elias, and others one of the prophets. Theophylact, for many thought that John had risen from the dead, as even Herod believed, and that he had performed miracles after his resurrection. After, however, having inquired into the opinion of others, he asked them what was the belief of their own minds on this point. Wherefore it continues, And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Chrysostom. From the manner, however, itself of the question, he leads them to a higher feeling, and to higher thoughts, concerning him, that they might not agree with the multitude. But the next words show what the head of the disciples, the mouth of the apostles, answered, when all were asked, Peter answered and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. Theophylact, he confesses indeed that he is the Christ announced by the prophets. But the evangelist Mark passes over what the Lord answered to his confession, and how he blessed him, lest by this way of relating it he should seem to be favoring his master Peter. Matthew plainly goes through the whole of it. Origin or else Mark and Luke, as they wrote that Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, without adding what is put down in Matthew, the Son of the living God, so they omitted to relate the blessings which was conferred on this confession. It goes on, and he charged them that they should tell no man of him. Theophylact, for he wished in the meantime to hide his glory, lest many should be offended because of him, and so earn a worse punishment. Chrysostom, or else that he might wait to fix the pure faith in their minds till the crucifixion, which was an offense to them, was over, for after it was once perfected, about the time of his ascension, he said unto the apostles, Go ye and teach all nations. Theophylact, but after the Lord had accepted the confession of the disciples, who called him the true God, he then reveals to them the mystery of the cross. Wherefore it goes on, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders, and of the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, that is, concerning his future passion. But his disciples did not understand the order of the truth, neither could they comprehend his resurrection. 
but thought it better that he should not suffer. Chrysostom. The reason, however, why the Lord told them this was to show that after his cross and resurrection, Christ must be preached by his witnesses. Again, Peter alone, from the fervor of his disposition, had the boldness to dispute about these things. Wherefore it goes on, and Peter took him up and began to rebuke him. Bede. This, however, he speaks with the feelings of a man who loves and desires, as if he said, This cannot be, neither can mine eyes receive that the Son of God is to be slain. Chrysostom. But how is this, that Peter, gifted with a revelation from the Father, has so soon fallen and become unstable? Surely, however, it was not wonderful that one who had received no revelation concerning the Passion should be ignorant of this. For that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God, he had learnt by revelation. But the mystery of his cross and resurrection had not yet been revealed to him. He himself, however, showing that he must come to his passion, rebuked Peter, wherefore there follows, and when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, etc. Theophylact. For the Lord, wishing to show that his passion was to take place on account of the salvation of men, and that Satan alone was unwilling that Christ should suffer and the race of man be saved, called Peter Satan, because he savored the things that were of Satan, and from the unwillingness that Christ should suffer became his adversary. For Satan is interpreted the adversary. Pseudochrysostom. But he saith not to the devil when tempting him, Get thee behind me, but to Peter he saith, Get thee behind me, that is, follow me, and resist not the design of my voluntary passion. There follows, For thou savorest not the things which be of God, but which be of men. Theophylact. He says that Peter savors the things which be of men, in that he in some way savored carnal affections, for Peter wished that Christ would spare himself and not be crucified. Verses 34 through 38. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Bede, after showing to his disciples the mystery of his passion and resurrection, he exhorts them, as well as the multitude, to follow the example of his passion. Wherefore it goes, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever wishes to come after me, let him deny himself. Chrysostom, as if he would say to Peter, Thou indeed dost rebuke me, who am willing to undergo my passion, but I tell thee that not only is it wrong to prevent me from suffering, but neither canst thou be saved unless thou thyself diest. Again he says, Whosoever wishes to come after me, as if he said, I call you to those good things which a man should wish for. I do not force you to evil and burdensome things. 
for he who does violence to his hearer often stands in his way but he who leaves him free rather draws him to himself and a man denies himself when he cares not for his body so that whether it be scourged or whether of like nature it may suffer he bears it patiently theophylact for a man who denies another be it brother or father does not sympathize with him nor grieve at his fate though he be wounded and die thus we ought to despise our body so that if it should be wounded or hurt in any way we should not mind its suffering chrysostom but he says not a man should not spare himself but what is more that he should deny himself as if he had nothing in common with himself but face danger and look upon such things as if another were suffering and this is really to spare himself for parents then most truly act kindly to their children when they give them up to their masters with an injunction not to spare them again he shows the degree to which a man should deny himself when he says and take up his cross by which he means even to the most shameful death theophylact for at that time the cross appeared shameful because malefactors were fixed to it pseudo jerome or else as a skilful pilot foreseeing a storm and a calm wishes his sailors to be prepared so also the lord says if any one will follow me etc bede for we deny ourselves when we avoid what we were of old and strive to reach that point whether we are newly called and the cross is taken up by us when either our body is pained by abstinence or our soul afflicted by fellow feeling for our neighbor theophylact but because after the cross we must have a new strength he adds and follow me chrysostom and this he says because it may happen that a man may suffer and yet not follow christ that is when he does not suffer for christ's sake for he follows christ who walks after him and conforms himself to his death despising those principalities and powers under whose power before the coming of christ he committed sin then there follows for whosoever will save his life shall lose it but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save it i give you these commands as it were to spare you for whosoever spares his son brings him to destruction but whosoever does not spare him saves him it is therefore right to be always prepared for death for if in the battles of this world he who is prepared for death fights better than others though none can restore him to life after death much more is this the case in spiritual battle when so great a hope of resurrection is set before him since he who gives up his soul unto death saves it rigmigius and life is to be taken in this place for the present life and not for the substance itself of the soul chrysostom as therefore he had said for whosoever will save his life shall lose it lest any one should suppose this loss to be equivalent to that salvation he adds for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul etc as if he said think not that he has saved his soul who has shunned the perils of the cross for when a man at the cost of his soul that is his life gains the whole world what has he besides now that his soul is perishing has he another soul to give for his soul for a man can give the price of his house in exchange for the house but in losing his soul he has not another soul to give. 
and it is with the purpose that he says, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For God, in exchange for our salvation, has given the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Bede, or else he says this, because in time of persecution our life is to be laid aside, but in time of peace our earthly desires are to be broken, which he implies when he says, for what shall it profit a man, etc.? But we are often hindered by a habit of shamefacedness from expressing with our voice the rectitude which we preserve in our hearts. And therefore it is added, for whosoever shall confess me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, him also shall the Son of Man confess when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Theophylact, for that faith which only remains in the mind is not sufficient, but the Lord requires also the confession of the mouth. For when the soul is sanctified by faith, the body ought also to be sanctified by confession. Pseudo-Chrysostom, he then who has learned this is bound zealously to confess Christ without shame. And this generation is called adulterous because it has left God the true bridegroom of the soul and has refused to follow the doctrine of Christ but has prostrated itself to the devil, and taken up the seeds of impiety, for which reason also it is called sinful. Whosoever, therefore, amongst them has denied the kingdom of Christ, and the words of God revealed in the gospel, shall receive a reward befitting his impiety, when he hears in the second advent, I know you not. Theophylact. Him, then, who shall have confessed that his God was crucified, Christ himself also shall confess, not here, where he is esteemed poor and wretched, but in his glory and with a multitude of angels. Gregory, there are, however, some who confess Christ, because they see that all men are Christians. For if the name of Christ were not at this day in such great glory, the Holy Church would not have so many professors. The voice of profession, therefore, is not sufficient for a trial of faith, whilst the profession of the generality defends it from shame. In the time of peace, therefore, there is another way, by which we may be known to ourselves. We are ever fearful of being despised by our neighbors. We think it shame to bear injurious words, if perchance we have quarreled with our neighbor. We blush to be the first to give satisfaction, for our carnal heart, in seeking the glory of this life, disdains humility. Theophylact but because he had spoken of his glory, in order to show that his promises were not vain, he subjoins, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here who shall not taste of death, till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. As if he said, Some, that is, Peter, James, and John, shall not taste of death, until I show them in my transfiguration with what glory I am to come in my second advent. For the transfiguration was nothing else but an announcement of the second coming of Christ, in which also Christ himself and the saints will shine. Bede. Truly it was done with a loving foresight, in order that they, having tasted for a brief moment the contemplation of everlasting joy, might with the greater strength bear up under adversity. Chrysostom. And he did not declare the names of those who were about to go up, lest the other disciples should feel some touch of human frailty. And he tells it to them beforehand, that they might come with minds better prepared to be taught all that concerned the vision. Bede. Or else the present church is called the kingdom of God, 
and some of the disciples were to live in the body until they should see the church built up and raised against the glory of the world. For it was right to make some promises concerning this life to the disciples who were uninstructed, that they might be built up with greater strength for the time to come. So to Chrysostom, but in a mystical sense, Christ is life, and the devil is death, and he tastes of death who dwells in sin. Even now everyone, according as he has good or evil doctrines, tastes the bread either of life or of death. And indeed, it is a less evil to see death, a greater to taste of it, still worse to follow it, worst of all to be subject to it. End of chapter 8